A child who sings is a happy child. We talk with an award-winning children's recording artist on inspiring children through music on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings. Welcome once again to the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. Thrilled that you are joining us wherever you are in the world and however you may be tuning in. We are just excited that you are making us a part of your day. And more and more of you are making Live Happy Magazine a part of your day as well. You can get the print edition. It is available wherever fine magazines are sold, newsstands, bookstores, those sorts of things. You can also subscribe to the print edition of the magazine and have it sent directly to your door. Or you can get the digital edition. This is my personal favorite because you can carry it with you wherever you go. It's available on the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. And you can take it on your tablet, you can take it on your phone, and you can get all kinds of special features that are only available on the digital edition. We certainly appreciate you giving the magazine a try. Well, this episode is all about kids and it's all about music. So we had to bring in Paula Phelps. She is our Live Happy Science Editor and she accompanied her article in the current issue of Live Happy Magazine with this interview with Lori Bergner, who's a best-selling, award-winning children's recording artist and widely recognized as the uncrowned queen of children's music. Her albums have been bestsellers on a chart typically dominated by movie soundtracks and major label compilations. Lori's written the music and lyrics for two off-Broadway children's musicals by the New York City Children's Theater, Wanda's Monster and the Amazing Adventures of Harvey and the Princess. She talks with our Paula Phelps on this episode of Live Happy Now. So, Lori, I'm really glad that you could join us today because we love talking about music here at Live Happy and we love talking about children. So who better to talk to than someone who does music for young children? Um, and I wanted to talk, start by talking about how your music really targets young children and understand why you chose that age group. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here talking to you about this, too. Um, I... You know, really, it was because I started out as a preschool music specialist. Um, I got that job pretty much out of college. I was really bad at it, and I <laughs> learned so much just from listening to the kids. And, I mean, I think one of the reasons that I felt so uncomfortable was that I really um, had had kind of lost my connection with that age group and spending time listening to what they were interested in and um, what made them have all the different kinds of feelings that I was seeing them have. And uh, those kinds of things were inspiring, and I just kind of fell in love with that. Well, it's a a wide age range, but I would say like four years old. um, I was going to say I fell in love with that age group, but it's around four is my sweet spot, I think, and I, um, I just think that's a beautiful age where kids are, of growing into um, learning and 
seeing themselves as both separate and connected, and they're also developing their musical sense and uh, their emotional sense. There's just so much going on. So I, I was very inspired by that, and I spent many years um, working with kids from infancy up to about six, a little, maybe a little bit older, depending. So um, I, and I started to actually enjoy it once I got some good help from other people. <laughs> Well, and this, why is music so important to the way children develop? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm not a researcher particularly, but just from my experience, um, what I see is that there, first of all, it's a connector. So you can you make music together in a group, you feel a, a connection to the other people in that group. I think it's a way for some kids who struggle with learning um, they remember things better when it's in a song. They um, Maybe they also have more musical skills than they do have social skills. And so actually it's a way for them to be social. Um, I had a lot of, I remember one kid in particular who was just like my, one of my, what I, if you could say a star pupil almost, he was just always there. He was probably four. He was always next to me, always interested in what we were doing, constantly engaged, suggesting songs, knew every word. I found out halfway through the year that he was like the, quote, problem kid in the really? regular classroom. Yeah, and I had no idea because I didn't. I just came in as a specialist in that preschool, um, and that was my only role, and they brought the kids to me. So, you know, there, there are just a lot of ways in which music um, can be – a voice. I mean, it's really it's a it's a, a learning that is just a little different than a lot of other ways that we learn. That I think is truly important. And just one last thing I'll say is because there's so much to say about that is just that ultimately I feel like making music with somebody else is a way of really expressing a kind of a love. And mm -hmm. it, it can be it can be when you connect music and love, it can be something that's much bigger um, than just you know, listening to a song, and I think that's something that can seep into all of our relationships for our lives. So it can be a really, really important thing. And it also can bring them together. There's studies at the adult level about how singing music together in a choir and things like that can, can help bond people together. And, and so do you see that same thing with children? Because, you know, your shows are filled with audiences of children who are singing along and they're they're singing with you but they're also singing with each other oh absolutely i mean they're all everyone is sharing that experience um so you have that the actual experience at the moment you have the memory of it later there's the there's not just the singing but there's the um <clears throat> there's the physical aspect of making music with your body also to me with young children they're um they're using their bodies physically to act out things, to make movements. I think that age group really needs movement as a, a very integral part of making music. And so doing that with other people is also a way of bonding, and it's all connected. Um, and also when I see parents watching their kids even enjoying and as well as doing it with them, there is a level there that is, um, creating memories for them and them seeing their own children master things, enjoy themselves that like makes a connection between them as well. So it's on a lot of levels. Well, and then I'm sure too that parents appreciate the fact that 
you know, you, children's music have changed, and you're, has changed, and you're part of that, where it used to be kind of insufferable <laughs> to have to, it's like, I remember being, like, jumping in a friend's van, and there was her kid's CD in there, and she was like, oh, my God, get that thing out, you know, <laughs> stop it, stop <laughs> it now. But yours is very accessible to the adults as well as to the children. And, and, and what kind of role does that play in helping, like, say, maybe the, the children and parents enjoy that together and build the enjoyment for both people? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Um, I mean, personally, I have to sing the songs that I write. So <laughs> as the person who was writing the music, I felt like, okay, well, clearly the songs need to be relevant to the age group that I'm writing for. But I also want to make them something that I could stand to sing hundreds and hundreds of times, which I have had to do because I've been doing it for like 20 years and some of my very first songs I still sing at every single show so um, it really did come true for me and I thought there's you know I can't do that if I really don't like what I'm creating so I had to find an overlap for myself and then what I noticed was oh this means that the parents like it too and that turned out to be very good for me because that meant that they not only were tolerating the music they were actually enjoying it and so that they had a, a like a way to actually connect with their kids through singing it together um, being playful with the songs changing the words going to shows and um, acting the things out together and bringing them up in other contexts you know that where the song sort of makes an appearance in their daily life where they bring it up because they think of it um, because the songs may have a little bit you know, of a connection to the adult as well. So I think that has worked out really well. It wasn't necessarily what I was planning, but it's, I mean, clearly it's in a really important part of kids becoming musical and being interested in music is to feel that support and connection with the parents as well. Sure, that's, that's a terrific way to do it. And one thing that I'm curious about is how... How do you determine what messages you're going to share in your songs? I mean, some of your songs are just, like, flat-out fun, you know, and you have, have that. But how do you also kind of work through, okay, these are the messages that I really want these kids to hear? Mostly they're the messages that I wish I had heard when I was a kid, whether I did or not. They're just ones that either stuck with me or that I um, that I feel like I've, come to more as an adult, but I kind of wish I had heard more of when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and and honestly, again, I mean, it, it's, it's really, there's, there's a level of selfishness in my job that's, like, pretty high, where I feel like I write about stuff that I think is interesting, and then I'm like, oh, okay, is that something a kid would find interesting too? Great. Or... I think a kid would like that. Do I like it? Do I want to write about it? Yeah, okay, then I'll write about it. You know, and I don't think I would do a very good job if I didn't do that. So um, so a lot of things just go through my own personal filter, honestly. So as part of the writing process, how do you know if something resonates with the kids? And, and what's kind of like your test for seeing how, how a song is going to do? That's a really good question. I usually don't know how a song is going to do. Um, the test often is after I put the album out, I wait and see like how many people comment, email, tweet, Facebook post, whatever about certain songs that they notice that their kids really love. Um, and also I try things out in the concerts, but I mean, one thing I do is 
a lot of times I just listen to what kids say. And that often turns into a song for me. Um, like I have a song called I'm Gonna Catch You. And that was literally me walking down the street thinking, I wonder what I could write about. And, um, <laughs> and I, I heard, this was a parent who said it. I think it was a parent. It was a grown-up <laughs> who was calling after a girl. And he was going, I'm going to catch you. You better run. I'm going to catch you. Here I come. And she just, like, shrieked with pleasure. And I thought, oh, that would be a great chorus, you know. And so, um, or sometimes it's just, kids like I remember a kid once saying to me boy I have a song in my tummy and it wants to come out and so that became the first line of a song yeah and I mean kids to me are just genius balls of creativity you know they're wonderful songwriters and they just don't necessarily write it all down or um, think of a melody so um, so I listen a lot and I don't know I guess sometimes when I play the songs I'll play the songs for for young kids, but um, a lot of it is also, can they sing it right away, um, and do they remember it? Like, those are really important, because Mm -hmm. if it doesn't stick, then it's kind of like, well, I don't know. To me, that's part of what makes a good, catchy song, is one that you can feel mastery over very quickly, um, especially for that kind of preschool age group, and then... um, want to be able to and want to sing over and over again and can so then it's something that they can own they have they feel that real sense of ownership about that's that's very cool and i wonder too if like in today's world we're starting to become more aware of things like you know, kindness and the importance well first of all we're trying to teach it to adults already <laughs> um but but do you feel more responsibility to bring some of those um messages into your music uh in times like right now, where there's a lot of turmoil and there's a lot of stress on a global level, do you are you able to put that into your music and and teach some of the things that that maybe we as adults should be paying attention to? It's funny because I put out Superhero in the fall. Um, that was that's my most recent album, and a lot of those songs ended up being they they ended up being more about um, kind of self-empowerment and um, and what what we have as people, like as individuals, than I actually planned on. That was just kind of what I was thinking about at the time. Mm-hmm. So like like Superhero, at, um, which is really about like how we all are superheroes just by being kind to each other, by sharing with each other. Not necessarily sharing like you can have my lollipop, but sharing right. ourselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's another song called I've Got So Much to Give, which that was one of those songs where I just sort of sat down and I just like wrote the whole thing in one sitting and thought, is this a kid's song? I don't even really know. But I, I felt really good about it. And, um, you know, this is the life I was born to live. I've got so much to give. And there's another song called Yes. And it was just like, I can do kind of, I can, I can choose to be positive if I want to, you know, like, the, and so there like a lot of these ideas I think are all things that I'm kind of working through and, you know, just being someone who lives in our cult in this particular culture in the U S right now and mm-hmm. in whatever my world that ha- those are things that I'm thinking about. So, um, yeah, it felt good to be able to share them. And, and I think I will probably continue to think about things like that. And so I'll end up writing songs about it and hopefully, you know, I actually don't think so much about writing songs as, as 
teaching necessarily. I think of them more as a, um, bringing uh, like an awareness. Here, here's some, here's something for you to explore. Here's something to kind of see if it's try it on and see if it fits. See if you like this. And um, you know, so I just hope that some kids will like how they those ideas fit with them. Yeah, and music is such a way, great way to convey those ideas and get, you know, if you're singing along with something, whether you realize it or not, you're sort of teaching yourself. So I think that's a, what a wonderful learning tool without being a learning tool. Uh, yeah, right. There's there, just the fact that we've been exposed to certain things. I think that is like exposure. That was the word I was looking for. It's like mm-hmm. here are some ideas that you can, you can do with them what you want, um, but I'm also hopefully bringing them in a, to kids in a way that is fun and playful and, you know, makes them interested and excited. Well, let me ask you, too, because as you said, you've been doing this for 20 years, and so music and the way we reach each other through music has, has really changed. So how are you now getting your music out? I think you, we talked uh, offline about your YouTube channel. and what are, Can you tell us about that and some other ways that you're able to reach the masses these days? Yeah, uh, the YouTube channel is a big part of it. Um, I've been, we make a new video at the YouTube creator space in New York City uh, every month. And then um, I also, we put out static videos on once a week, but once a month there's like a brand new video with kids uh, that that highlights either an older song or a song from the new album. And it's a great way to reach people. Um, it's very different from what I started out. I mean, my first album was on a cassette. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I remember, like, the transfer to the CD, and now kids don't even know what CDs are, you know. So right. um, it's it's a really different world than when I started, and um, people really access so much music through their computers and through on-demand and through, I mean, I think the thing is they really get it in so many varied ways that um, one of my jobs has become to make sure that I'm trying to make myself visible in a lot of those ways. So, um, so the YouTube uh, the YouTube channel helps a lot. Uh, we have a pretty strong Facebook presence. Um, I I spend time on Twitter and just talking about things and my concerts um, and. And the CDs still actually get sold in stores and online and things like that, too, as well. But there, you know, I do a lot of different kinds of projects um, with music and for kids, so they overlap a lot. Right. Well, and then uh, it's fascinating to know that your song, We Are the Dinosaurs, is being made into a book. So can you, first of all, tell us a little bit about that song and then how it, it evolved into being a book project? It Right. It was... Um, I'm really excited about that, and it, it was the first the first song on my first album, and it was mostly because it was one of the first songs that I wrote for kids. I, um, like I said earlier, I really struggled when I first was experimenting with being a, a music specialist, and I would just go into the classroom, and it wasn't even a classroom; it was like my music room, and. I didn't know what to do with them. And I think eventually after getting, um, like I said, some real help, I ended up starting to ask the kids, well, what do you want to sing about? Because I would bring in 
we go in and out the window, you know, and stuff like that in old folk songs. And they would just be like, oh, God. <laughs> Shut the window. Song. What is that? Exactly. And, um, and and those are, I mean, they're, they're, they're great songs, but I didn't get that kind of feedback from the kids. And so what I found was if I asked them what they wanted to sing about, it wasn't that much of a stretch for me to just make up a song about that thing. And then I would have it and I wouldn't have to try to find it. So, so I remember this day where I walked in and said, okay, what do you guys want to sing about? Cause you don't like anything I brought in today. And one of the kids just dinosaurs. And then there was just a big, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I thought, oh, this is perfect. This, the, they can be big. They can be powerful, stomping, mean, angry. And it's all part of, a song. It's just, it's just being in music. So, so we got up and I was like, all right, minor key, marching around, let's be dinosaurs, you know, and I just sort of made it up. And as, um, as they got more like aggressive with each other, I would say, okay, everybody stop and eat your food. And then they would go and (laughs) stop and they'd do something else. Like, okay, we can march again. They would get like, oh, take a rest. And, um, so it kind of turned into, um, and then, well, they started asking for it the next week. Let's do that dinosaur song again, and I'd have to try to remember it. And then I realized, oh, I'm kind of writing this song now. So um, it became one of their favorite songs, and um, then I recorded it for that first album, which was mostly just for the kids that I was teaching. I wanted to send them home with the music that I was doing with them at school so that the parents could also sing with them. And um, I've continue to sing it. It's one of the songs that I do at every concert and they still really love it. So I ended up having this wonderful opportunity to work with Simon and Schuster and turn some of my songs into picture books. And that was the one that they chose um, to start with, which was that's great. Super. And yeah, really nice, really nice timing too, because it, it will come out right as the 20th anniversary of that album falls Perfect. Um, this year. Yeah. Perfect. And then we're going to see more books. It sounds like based on your song. Yeah, right. Okay. So we're almost done with the next one as well, which won't come out until later this year. But that's um, Pillow Land. Very different, beautiful. The illustrations are just um, they're stunning. They're so cool, and they're sort of cut paper. They're this really whole different style. Um, and then there'll be another one in 2018. So we're, yeah, it's really it's a fun project. That is terrific. So if people are listening to this and they want to learn more about you, what's the what's the best website or is it Facebook? Where's the best place to go check you out and learn more about what you can offer? Um, probably just going to my website. It's lauriberkner.com. Um, okay. But Facebook is also fun. We do kind of more different stuff there, lots of um, crafts and other kid-related stuff going on. It's a really nice community. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Lori, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. I know there's going to be some parents who are saying, yes, children's music we can listen to. So they'll be probably crashing your site today. So, <laughs> so <laughs> let's only hope. You. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Paula. It was great All to right. talk to you. You have a wonderful day. If you would like to purchase Lori's new book, We Are the Dinosaurs, or her album, Superhero, or find links to her social media pages, you can go to livehappynow.com. 
LiveHappyNow.com. And while you are on LiveHappyNow.com, be sure to swing over by Twitter or Facebook or your email client and let us know what you thought of this episode. You can find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, or you can send us an email podcast at LiveHappy. For Paula Phelps and everyone here at Live Happy Magazine, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long and thank you for helping us to live happy.